when I was in Boise, I did go by the old Idaho, the Idaho State, what was the Idaho Statesman building, side of many a elementary school field trip. Uh-huh. It's closed down. Oh. It's abandoned. It's for sale. I asked my other friend, Rob, when I was in Boise, and he said they actually print the paper now at the Idaho Press Tribune in Nampa, which is the also-ran paper, but it's the one with the working printing press. Yeah. It's just sad. It's yeah. sad what happened to newspapers, because I love papers. Segway into tonight's movie. Okay. I'm Rob. And I'm Nate. And welcome back to Rob and Nate Record a Podcast. And every once in a while in life, things don't go according to plan. Yeah. And fortunately for us, I think we got the benefit of things not going according to plan tonight. Yeah. Our original plan going into this month, our episode two of our Ron Howard theme month, was to watch the 1996 movie Ransom starring Mel Gibson. Mm -hmm. I have a feeling that a mid-90s Mel Gibson movie probably didn't age really great. Everything Mel Gibson done has aged incredibly well. There's really no grounds on which one can criticize Gibson's work yeah. or his personal life. There you go. So the part of the criteria that we had used going into this month was we were trying to go in chronological order when we picked the order of what we were going to watch this month. So when we had picked Ransom, it was because it came after Backdraft. Mm. So in our last-minute scramble, so it t- as it turns out, you cannot get Ransom digitally anywhere. Which is weird. You we would have had to order a DVD off of Amazon to be able to watch it tonight. It's not even like it was Ransom, because then you could pay to see it. Yeah. But, which we didn't realize until tonight, that we couldn't do that. So we ended up at the last minute scrambling to find a replacement movie. And we ended up picking 1994 Ron Howard directed film called The Paper. Mm-hmm. This paper, this movie, I feel a little bit like I'm doing a Saturday Night Live skit. You know, this this paper has everybody, or this movie has this everybody. This paper has everything. Um, this this movie has everybody in it. It has Michael Keaton. It has Glenn Close. It has Robert Duvall. It has Marissa Tomei. It has Randy Quaid. It has Lily Taylor. Catherine O'Hara, Jason Robards, Jason Alexander, Spalding Gray, and of course Clint Howard. Also, Lynn Thigpen. There's a lot of people that you're going to recognize throughout this movie. It has Clint Howard, it has Jeffrey Owens, it has Amelia Campbell, William Prince, Bruce Altman, Jack McGee, Edward Hibbert, Jill Hennessy, Julie Rowan, Bob Costas in cameo, as is, I am convinced, Robert De Niro, even though they never specifically say that's Robert De Niro. John Eric Bentley is in this. Yeah, this has a lot, a lot of really familiar characters in it. Rance Howard is in this. Joe Pentangelo. There are tons and tons and tons of recognizable faces and names in this movie. Way more than I had ever anticipated would ever be in this movie. Yeah, Yeah, this movie turned out to be surprisingly good for a last-minute pick. I'm really surprised I've never heard of this movie before. I think you said that you were vaguely aware that it existed, but you, you knew nothing really beyond the name. Yeah, and that there was a Michael Keaton, you know, and Robert Duvall that did something that involved a newspaper. This is one I've wanted to see for a long time, since around the time that it came out, and it just never worked out that I got a chance to see it. And so this was my first suggestion when we found out that Ransom was... Unavailable. Not, not a not an option. This was one I was thinking about watching this month anyway. It's kind of supplemental material to the Ron Howard month, and I'm glad we did. Though at the point that we had to stop it for you to take the dogs out at about the forty-something minute mark, 
at that point in the movie, I was not impressed. Yeah. At that point in the movie, I would have given it two stars. It was still building. I, I could tell it was going somewhere, but mm-hmm. I was waiting for the payoff. It just seemed at that point like this is this is cliche. These are these are kind of newspaper movie types that we've seen before, and at that point, none of them seemed particularly interesting. We had the the kind of uptight woman who's kind of running the finances, and she's of course having an affair with a coworker. And then, you know, the, the editor, whose name is Bernie White, which is a play on Perry White, played by Robert Duvall. He's got the cancer, and he's not telling anybody that he's got the cancer. And then our main character, uh, Michael Keaton's character, he's got his wife, who is a former reporter who's on leave. She's eight and a half months pregnant. And he is thinking about taking another job. And then this movie goes from 7 a.m. one day to 7 a.m. the next day. It's yeah, a day it comes in a 24-hour span. Day in the life of a newspaper where the main character loves his job but is thinking maybe I should leave for money, for more money. And that is... And set hours. That is Hail Caesar. That is the basic structural plot of Hail Caesar. He loves his job even though it's maddening. He's got another opportunity. Ultimately, he kind of sabotages, in this case, he sabotages himself in getting it. But after that point, the first half I did not think was remarkable, but it really grew and paid off things that were introduced early on. The two black youths who were, that's a major through line in the story, is that they're kind of in the wrong place, wrong time for a slain, and you know they're the obvious, you know, they're the easy out, kind of, well, these black kids probably did it. And I'm like, ah, that's kind of cliche. And it, I, I thought there was going to be a riot. And it really was cliche. I thought there was going to be a riot because they talked about being afraid there's going to be a riot. But it turned out to be more complicated. And then a lot of these characters and their personal dynamics just grew in complexity and interest as the film went on. And by the end, I was really satisfied. And, and one thing that helped during that break period is I was Googling the movie. Ron Howard wanted to make this film because it was a newspaper movie. And he said, newspaper movies are a genre that was really popular, particularly in the 30s and 40s, that every studio used to make make them. There was one I watched within the last six months that I forget the title of. It was some studio that I don't think exists anymore. It was about a woman who was a woman reporter who, like, upstaged her boss, so she gets fired. And she ends up being the editor of this small town paper and comes across this big story. And it was just kind of okay, but... It's a little bit of a, a little bit of a grin because these newspaper movies just have this certain style, and yes, they have their cliches and they have their types. But f- for twenty twenty five years, you know, the front page, His Girl Friday, Deadline USA, they made excellent movies, and that genre basically disappeared. And Ron Howard is like, if I revisit this old genre, it's gonna feel fresh. It largely did, even though the cliches were there by the end. I was really won over. Oh, yeah. This movie won me over as well. It had a lot of... I want to say a lot of character, but that feels like a cop-out to say that. But it just... The way it developed, the you know, the, even the cliche of Alicia Clark, played by Glenn Close, having the change of heart at the end, that she doesn't want to run the headline that they know is wrong, you know, and has to stop her own surgery until she can call and stop the presses and rerun it, you know, that kind of won me over. Why did the bullet come through the wall? Yeah. To get to the other side. Yeah. That was the Randy Quaid punchline to the joke. But, yeah. There's, and a, Randy, there's a lot of context. There. Randy Quaid's character 
had a lot of character in it too. Randy Quaid's character at first, I thought I wasn't going to like because he, again, he is. There's there's characters like this in all sorts of movies. It made me think of can't remember the actor's name. He's also in. He's the uncle in It's a Wonderful Life, and he plays the reporter that's hanging out with Saunders in Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. And he's kind of a drunkenly schlobbiny guy, but he's actually like really kind of smart and perceptive when it comes down to it and that's what Randy Quaid's character yeah. was in this film he seemed like he was a waste of flesh and then it turned out to be really good at his job and really perceptive yeah this movie like everyone in this movie seems to play their role really well uh, Michael Keaton is a solid actor yeah. you know he's a solid lead Robert Duvall you, how do you go wrong with Robert mm-hmm. Duvall Marissa Tomei plays her part well yeah it's a, a fairly limited part for her you know, I'll tell you when Randy Quaid's character won me over was when he shoots the gun inside my, yeah. Michael Keaton's office. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, to say, let the guy talk to his wife. Like, you know, that's when his character won me over. I knew, okay, this guy's going to be pretty good throughout the thing. Jason Alexander plays his part. I mean, every. I mean, everyone plays mm-hmm. their part. One of the things I liked in this film was I liked uh, the bathroom scenes. The bathroom scenes were very pivotal. Yeah. So you got the bathroom scenes where Glenn Close is going to try to kiss up to her boss. and So she used to be like a reporter, like a features editor, and then she got promoted upstairs where she had financial responsibilities, and so she was torn by the part of her that wants to be the good journalist and do the good work, and the part of her that just needs to save money because the newspaper's a precarious business. And so she goes to the owner of the paper, played by Jason Robards, who also played a major newspaper part, Bill Bradley and All the President's Men, to kind of kiss up to him and possibly initiate an affair, thinking that if she has an affair with him, she'll that get she'll get away with what she she feels that she needs to get away with. And when she's obviously setting this up, and his reaction to her, Alicia, I'm gay. And she's like, uh, uh, uh. And then he's like, no, I'm not gay. But basically, I can see through you, and I'm not interested. Yeah. And then he, she's trying to talk, talk him into something, and keeps following him. And you start to see these men that they're walking by, giving this weird look and kind of following her. And then you realize she's following him into the men's room. Yeah. And <laughs> and she even owns that. Like after like they walk into the men's room, and Bob's Costas is zipping up his pants <laughs> and has to turn <laughs> back to the urinal. She turns around and the the bathroom attendant is holding out a towel, and so she takes the towel and wipes her hands, and then storms out. <laughs> Yeah. And then the scene where Michael Keaton is tracking down the guy with the key to turn off the presses. Yeah. And he's in the bathroom, so he goes and goes into the stall next to him and Fred? Fred, are you Fred? Yeah, this yeah, this movie was good. It was quite an enjoyable film. I really enjoyed this, especially by the end. I was enjoying it when we ended up pausing it so I could take the dogs out, but I was enjoying it even at that point, but I just thoroughly enjoyed this movie start, you know, all the way through. It did have a little bit of a slow start. Well, the start wasn't slow because the movie opens on the scene of these two black youths discovering two people murdered in their car. And as we'll later learn in the course of the story, they were former bank executives who lost a bunch of mob money. Yeah. And that's so it was a mob hit. But they were at the scene, saw the gun. One of them, of course, reaches to pick up the gun when someone sees them and starts screaming they run, so that's how they end up getting like set up on the frame. You know, the police department wants to make an arrest just to calm the city down, and of course, it's not them. You know, and you go through the whole thing of they're going to run the wrong headline because it's what the police department's telling them. If they can just get a picture, and they send a young copy editor 
who Glenn Close's character, you know, as a witty retort says, you know, she's 14, yeah. when in reality she was like, I think 26 when they Something made this like movie. But she, of course, gets she the one good. shot, mm, and yeah. it's a great shot. Yeah, because she actually trips. She's trying to get the shot, and I guess, so Michael Keaton wants to sabotage this shoot because he doesn't want to run the they did it, the gotcha headline. Yeah. Literally a gotcha headline because this is a tabloidy paper. And so sends someone that he thinks is going to mess it up, and she trips, but she ends up taking like a great award-winning quality picture. It's got this weird angle, the, the kid's looking down, you see their faces. And she's laying on the ground. And it turns out to just be one of those lightning-in-a-bottle yeah. kind of moments. And then so much of the, the end of the film has to deal with, do we, we've already started printing it because we've kept pushing things back and we're long past deadline. Yeah. Which headline do we go with? And at first I thought that they were going to print the wrong headline. And I was kind of like, there's something kind of satisfying about that because that takes some guts to set up that he's going to pull it off at the last minute and not pull it off. But then they, they have a topper to it where Glenn Close has that change of heart because Randy Quaid's able to push the right buttons at the bar and then Randy Quaid had been uh, like okay Glenn Close takes Randy Quaid to the bar because his car was towed for the second time because he he hates the parking authority because he was helping Michael Keaton try and get the right headline so Glenn Close takes him to this bar because she's been saying you guys never invite me to the bar so they take him to the bar where they all hang out after work and uh, Jason Alexander is Sandusky the guy who is the head of the parking enforcement bureau he's there getting drunk in a bad mood he's actually befriended well when they show up when robert duvall shows up at the bar the bartender says he's waiting for a fight the sandusky character and played by jason alexander and as you find out he's sandusky he's the head of the parking enforcement bureau and he's the one that randy quaid's character has run all doing columns about for three well they say that he's ran six columns on this guy (laughs) And he's mad, and the reason that he's mad is because his car got towed, and it did. They, the towing enforcement did $6,000 worth of damage to his car. So that's why he writes the stories. But Sandusky, you know, he says his wife's been reading this, and, and oh, it makes I her love cry. That. You and make it, my life cry when she reads the paper. At least she bought it, didn't she? Yeah. And then the other people cowering in, in the bar because this Sandusky's brandishing a gun. They laugh. <laughs> he's, he's brandishing Randy Quaid's he's gun. Bra- yes. Yeah. They're like, okay... We're in danger, but that's still funny. Yeah. But, yeah, it was... So the gun goes off. It's just well executed. Shoots through a wall, hits Glenn Close, who's trying to get the printing office on the on the page, on, on the phone, to, to stop the presses. They have to take her into the hospital. She refuses to sign the consent form so they can operate until they let her get on the phone to stop the presses. Yeah. She has a nice character arc. Well, and, and that ends up changing the entire following day's news day mm-hmm. in new york because they got it right yeah you know? and the, the film opens after the the thing the night before with the kids finding the, the the bodies with a local news radio station kind of setting up the day and the, and the last thing you really hear is the news radio station talking about the scoop that the sun got when the sun you know the morning meeting on the previous day they were talking about how the sun got scooped on some some yeah. other story the Sun, by the way, the name of the paper in this film was an actual New York paper. It ran from 1833 to 1950. And then again, briefly, as a conservative-leaning tabloid from 2002 to 2008, and Jared Kushner was involved in the publication of that paper. 
I found some interesting trivia on this movie. Actually, this mo- movie was nominated for one Oscar. Okay. Do you have any guesses as to what Oscar? Is it an acting Oscar? No. Oh, okay. Writing? No. No. What? Best music, original score. I did kind of like the score, even though there were moments where it sounded a little bit like the score to Ghostbusters. Alternate casting for the role of Bernie White. Oh, okay. Any ideas? No, go ahead. Paul Newman. Paul Newman would have worked. Yeah. The show, the movie takes place over 24 hours. It's produced by Brian Grazer, who also produced 24. Oh, yeah. Alec Baldwin, Kevin Costner, Mel Gibson, Tom Hanks, Bill Paxton, Kurt Russell, John Travolta, and Robin Williams were all considered to play the part of Henry Hackett, which ended up being played by Michael Keaton, our lead of the movie. All of those would have been interesting and would have brought different things to it. I'm kind of glad it was Michael Keaton. I like Keaton in it. Though I kind of want to see the Robin Williams version of that. I, you know, I would not want to see the Robin Williams. Because I think that would go off the rails. It would be very different tonally. Out of that selection of actors, my second choice would be Kevin Costner. Yeah. The radio broadcast... Uh, the radio broadcast heard during the opening credits of the film was originally intended to be a segment from Don Imus, Imus in the Morning program, that was recorded live during an on-air interview with director Ron Howard. A portion of the segment does appear as Michael Keaton walks through the newsroom. Michael Keaton and Marissa Tomei would appear again in film in, I believe it was 2016, with Spider-Man... The Homecoming? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a number of Batman references throughout this because of Michael Keaton's connection to Batman. None of them are really that significant, if you ask me. But Jason Robards, who plays the owner of the New York Sun, the fictitious newspaper depicted in the film, won an Oscar for his portrayal of Ben Bradley, who is the executive editor of the Washington Post and all the President's Men, as you previously mentioned. Yeah, this film was great. There was there was a lot of fun things to it. Any guesses on how this did in the box office? I believe it did quite well. If uh, memory serves... This says it had a $6 million estimated budget. Mm-hmm. Seems low for 1994 yeah. with all the names that with are in it. With these number of names, it does seem very low. Yeah. Opening weekend of 175000 in the U.S., a gross domestic a domestic gross of $38 million, and a worldwide gross of $48 million. That's quite so a success So if that budget movie. is accurate, this film did quite well. Well, yeah, this film did eight times what it cost to make. Yeah, and in nineteen ninety four dollars mm-hmm. too. Yeah. So, yeah, fun film. I, I'm trying to think what else to say. This is one I would definitely recommend if you have the opportunity to go see, or to see it. That I would say go ahead and watch it. It really was a lot of fun. I'm curious to see how you would rate this film. I'm gonna give it three stars. Okay. Because it is to me, kind of what a three star movie should be. You know, it just it pushes the right buttons. It, it's it doesn't have anything super deep to say. There's there's no performance in it that's just like oh my god, but it's just satisfying. Uh, it's satisfying three stars on the ten star scale. I'm gonna give it a seven. See, I agree with you on the three stars, but it was fun enough that on the ten star scale, I'm gonna bump it to eight. Mm-hmm. Did you notice as we were scrolling earlier the aggregate scores? I did not. This on IMDb has an aggregate score of six point six stars. Which does seem a little low for this movie. And 88% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Its Metacritic score is 70, which seems closer. Mm. But yeah. Got much else to say about this film? No. There's a lot of quick quips in this film. Well, that is the legacy of the newspaper film. Yeah. It's the Ben Hecht rapid-fire 
Gilmore Girls type dialogue. Yeah. Yeah, I would definitely recommend seeing seeing this if you get the chance. This was a solid Ron Howard directed film. It had a lot of the familiar Ron Howard faces. Including his um, brother. Multiple of his family members were in this. Oh, yes, um, I yes. could go through the whole list, but mm-hmm. it has a little bit different feel to it than a lot of other Ron Howard films. So, And actually, a question I was going to ask you, I was going to probably wait till later in the month. Outside of the movies that we're watching this month, what is a Ron Howard-directed movie that you haven't seen that you would like to see? I've never seen Gung Ho. And there was an... I've never seen Parenthood. The TV show? The movie. I'm trying to remember You are aware that the TV show Parenthood was based on the movie Parenthood. Vaguely, yes. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to remember. I feel like I've seen the movie, but I'm blanking on it, so... For me, one that I want to see, it's actually more recent, is In the Heart of the Sea. I just have not caught up Mm -hmm. with that one yet. It's available. I'm sure I can find it somewhere, but I just haven't caught up with that one yet. Kind of be interesting to see a Ron Howard adaptation of such a classic story. So, yeah. Anything else to say on this one? I'm good. I'm Rob. I'm Nate. And this is Rob and Nate Recorded Podcast. When you edit Wait, this... you mean like stop the presses and nothing's going to Stop the presses. <laughs> I'm Rob. Well, stop, stop. stop the presses. We have two more movies to talk about. We've got to get our outtake and then, like, I thought we were going to talk about them in the outtakes. Yeah. Or, or do you want it part of the episode, main episode? I don't care. I just want to say stop the presses. Okay. We'll see if it makes the edit. Mm. Hold the presses. <laughs>